Joe Biden gave his State of the Union last night, friends, and whether you watched it or didn't watch it, there's always the question the next day that's bandied about uh, in your in your circles, whether it be at work or friends or whatever, about uh, was what he said true? Was it false? Was it misleading? What was it? And those are the conversations that generally dominate the next several days after the State of the Union. So in this video, what I've done is I've gathered up uh, some fact checks for, for what Biden said. Uh, we're going to take a look at some true things, some false things, some misleading things, some misstatements, stuff like that. And in order to keep it fair, I gathered from what you would call trusted sources, I suppose. So I've gathered from places like the Associated Press, CBS News, PolitiFact, among others. And then I do have a section where there's some things that I pulled out as well that I found perhaps questionable or something that we should think about. So we're going to go ahead and get into that. This should be a fairly quick video, but it will give Give you an idea whether you watch the speech or not exactly what it was that uh, that can be trusted what it was that can't be and what uh, what you might just need to take a closer look at so I've charted it all out we're gonna go ahead and share that screen if you're on YouTube or rumble and visually gifted you can play along easily if you are on the podcast side you can listen along just as easily but you'll see on the chart here that as I as I promised I've got a section labeled true ish and I use ish because, you know, there's varying degrees. And then there's false-ish, because, again, there's varying degrees. And then there's crazy-ish, because, uh, again, there's varying degrees of that. And that stuff are things that I pulled out. But we're going to go ahead and start with true-ish. And we're just going to go point by point through my chart here. And, again, you can play along on the screen. Uh, and, again, this is all sourced from, uh, from mainstream sources, okay? Um, so one of the things he said here, well, let's get them back on the screen. There we go. Okay. He said, under my plan, nobody, let me say this again, nobody earning less than $400,000 a year will pay an additional penny in new taxes, not a single penny. Okay. If you look at the math of that, that may actually be true. Um, but what he fails to take into account there is how it works okay if the people who have the money for lack of a better way to put it control the money okay and they control it through businesses that they own or where they invest that money or whatever the case may be okay but what isn't recognized is because of that is those additional costs whatever they may whatever they may be are going to be passed down to the consumer of whatever product that that high wage earner is connected to. It's how it has always been and it's how it always will be, okay? It's, it's reflected in an increase in cost for the good or the service or whatever that that wealthy person is connected to. So you can say, we're going to take Jeff Bezos, for example, and we're going to tax him like crazy. Okay, you can do that, but, but Jeff is still going to win the game because he will simply structure his things in his life so that it passes down to another person, okay? Do you ever wonder why the rich keep getting richer? Okay, it's because they know how to play the game. And for the most part, they play it legally too. You know, they, they work within the tax code. So his math may be true, but, um, you know, the, the truthfulness of the statement itself, perhaps, how, uh, how real is that statement is perhaps misleading. Okay. 
Another thing he said on the true side, tonight I am announcing that we are joining our allies in closing off American airspace to all Russian flights, further isolating Russia and adding, excuse me, lost my place there, uh, and adding additional squeeze to their economy. President Vladimir Putin has no idea what's coming. The ruble has lost 30% of its value. The Russian stock market has lost 40% of its value and trading remains suspended. This is actually true. Okay. Uh, the ruble is down 40% against the dollar. So it has definitely lost a ton of its value as, as compared to what it had before this started. Uh, and the MOEX, the uh, Russian stock market, is actually down more than 40%. Uh, though I did read a couple of indications that it has uh, bounced back a little. But then I've also read that that market hasn't reopened. So I'm going to take all that with a grain of salt. But I think for the most part, what he said there was true. Okay, uh, another thing that I've put on the true-ish side. Let's come together and protect our communities. Restore trust and hold law enforcement accountable. That's why the Justice Department has required body cameras, banned chokeholds, and restricted no-knock warrants for its officers. Uh, that is true with a couple of exceptions. Exception number one. The chokeholds are still authorized uh, in situations where deadly force is authorized. Okay, so it's not a complete and total ban. If they're going into a situation where they have been authorized to use that lethal force if needed, they can use the chokehold. The other thing that's omitted here a little bit that puts it on the ish side of true is that these these restrictions are put in for the feds, okay? They don't apply to state and local law enforcement, to sheriff's departments, things like that, okay? They have their own rules. Now, it may very well be in a lot of jurisdictions that they've changed these rules so that they, they account for this, but it is not universal. So if you, if you read that statement from him, if you hear that statement from him, it is not a nationwide thing, so you have to bear that in mind. Next thing. Last year, 55 of the Fortune 500 companies earned $40 billion in profit and paid zero in federal taxes. Uh, that's true, but again, you have to take the bigger picture in mind. First of all, these corporations, the vast majority of them, there's always exceptions to everything, but they're working under the tax code. They're doing this legally, okay? So if they have a problem with the amount that a corporation is paying, then they need to work on the tax code. Which, by the way, if you've ever done your own taxes, if you own your own business like we do, it is crazy how complicated it is. It doesn't need to be that complicated. But over time, they've carved out this and that for little special interests and whatnot. And, you know, these corporations can afford teams of accountants and, and lawyers, and they're going to figure out how to pay the least amount possible. That they should. They owe that to their shareholders. They, they have to do that. And the other thing that it doesn't take into account, like I pointed out with the rich people <clears throat> a couple of minutes ago, is any tax costs are going to be built into the price of the good or service that that business uh, provides. That's just the way that it is. Um, everything, every single cost that a business has, has to be reflected in the price of what it offers. Because... That's where the money comes from. It is basic economics. It is basic business. And everybody wants to dance around that. And you can say we need to tax the corporations more, but you're going to pay for it in the end. So you got to bear that in mind. Okay.
Next thing. By the end of this year, the deficit will be down to less than half what it was before I took office. The only president ever to cut the deficit by more than $1 trillion in a single year. Okay. Uh, that is true with regards to the math, if the projections hold true on the spending. Okay. Uh, it would be cut by that amount. What it doesn't take into account, obviously, is that... Um, you know, spending was absolutely blown out of the water during COVID. We all know it with all of the with all of the stimulus checks that were sent out and PPP loans and bailing out this and that business and all the, the spending that was done on the vaccine development and testing and masking and whatever, you name it, right? It was just spending everywhere. So you can look at that and factually, yes, that's true. But it completely lacks context because, um, you know, it's it's a it's a hollow victory. For the the best way to put it. I mean, you can say that that yes, I've I've cut deficits more than anybody. Yeah, but you also came in in extraordinary circumstances. So you got to bear that in mind. It's truthful, but I don't know, um, you know, how much credit he can really take for something like that either. So I think we have to bear that in mind. Okay, let's go to the false-ish side, okay? He's talking about COVID on this one, okay? And quote, severe cases down to a level not seen since July last year. Okay, severe cases is a very vague term, wouldn't you say, friends? Uh, what does that mean? I, I don't know. Do you? Uh, is it defined as somebody who is in the hospital? Is it defined as somebody that's on a ventilator? Is it defined as somebody who needs the cocktail of treatments to get them better? Uh, is it defined as somebody that has long COVID? What, what is it? We don't know. But you have to consider this, and I believe it was actually the AP that pointed this out, and that's that in July of last year where he's referencing there were 289 deaths on July 1. Okay, but if you look at Monday of this week, there was 1,985 deaths. So the deaths have gone up exponentially over what they were in July. So this is false-ish in my mind, and it was in the minds of the fact checkers as well. Because you know what what does it mean? I I don't know, but the the death numbers tell us that that it's not true. Okay. Next thing, the pandemic also disrupted the global supply chain. Look at cars last year. Uh, I lost my scroll here. Okay, there's one third of all the inflation was because of automobile sales. There weren't enough semiconductors to make all the cars that people wanted to buy. And guess what? Prices of automobiles went way up. And so we have a choice. One way to fight inflation is to drag down wages and make Americans poorer. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs and not your wages. Folks, that means make more cars and semiconductors in America, more infrastructure, more innovation in America, more goods moving faster and cheaper in America. Instead of relying on foreign supply chains, let's make it in America. Now, there are some things that I agree with in that statement. I, I am fully behind the idea of doing more things in America. We should have been all along, okay? 
but he's talking about inflation and how the the solution to it is to do more more stuff in America when we know that making stuff in America is not cheaper. He talks about, I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs and not your wages. Okay. Wages in America have been going up. Have you driven by like a, like a fast food restaurant recently? And um, uh, the crazy signs that they have up where they'll pay, you know, $20, $25 an hour whether they'll pay you the same day in some cases, where if you just stick around for 60 days, they'll give you a bonus $1,000. Wages are out of control. And it's reflected in the prices there too, by the way, to go back to the earlier point. Have you tried to buy a quote-unquote value meal at McDonald's lately? It's crazy. Just absolutely insane how much money you have to spend. So you can't say that that companies are lowering their wages. I don't buy that for a moment. Uh, but again, how can he say to them, well, just lower your costs? How? You're just going to magically go, okay, I'm just going to pay 10% less for everything that I need. Well, the businesses that you get from are going to tell you to buzz off and they'll go do business with somebody else because they have their own things they have to support too. It is just not that simple. Okay. And this is, this is a problem we've gotten ourselves into over decades now where more and more things have gone overseas. It's become way more expensive to produce in America now. But his idea of just lower costs and it'll make everything better, uh, it sounds lovely, but it is fanciful and completely unachievable. And we all know it. Okay. So in this statement, he is referencing this next statement. He's referencing something going on in Ohio. And how Intel has this land, I believe it was east of Columbus. And he says, up to eight state-of-the-art factories in one place, 10,000 new jobs. So he's talking about redefining the rust belt in this section of the speech to make it more like, like new jobs and green jobs and tech-friendly and all that. And there may be a place for that. <clears throat> but what he's saying here isn't exactly true. Okay. Intel does have land out there. They have committed to building two factories at this point. It will supply about 3,000 permanent jobs. The other seven of Biden's 10,000 jobs are going to be in the construction of those factories. So they help in the short term, but those aren't, those aren't full-time jobs. They're construction jobs. And that is it, which cool. But it's not, it's not what he's implying here. The other factories, the up to eight, which would make six more over the two, uh, those are proposed. None of them are finalized. Some of them probably will never come to fruition. But it's ideas that they have. So we'll see. Okay, next thing. <clears throat> he said... Repeal the liability shield that makes gun manufacturers the only industry in America that can't be sued. The only one. No, that's not true. Um, first off, gun manufacturers can be sued. They can be sued for things like uh, defects. If there's a defect in their weapons that causes some kind of harm or inju injury, they're on the hook for that. Um, if there's issues with warranty claims, for example, they can be sued for that. And there's a lot of cases that get 
settled outside of the court system too. Like uh, Remington very recently has settled a case for millions of dollars outside of the courts uh, that, you know, it's just destroyed them. So, you know, there's, there's only a bit of truth there. The other thing is where he says the only one, meaning the only company that can't be sued, um, pharma, anybody? Isn't it true that the uh, vaccines for the uh, unspecified virus of unknown origin, uh, that you cannot sue the companies for those? It is true. You can't. If you take it, and uh, in some cases it's been required that you take it, you have no recourse if you're harmed from it because they had that carve out. So just saying, not true at all. Okay. He's talking about infrastructure here. And he says, we're done talking about infrastructure weeks. We're now talking about an infrastructure decade. That's an oddly constructed statement there. I really, I've never heard him talk about, quote, infrastructure weeks. Have you, friends? I don't know. That, his speechwriter got weird there. Anyways, it goes on to say, we'll bring a national network of 500,000 electric charging stations. Okay. Except that only half of the funding that they needed to pull that off was actually approved by Congress. And recently the administration has changed from using the term charging stations, even though that's what he used in the speech. The administration has changed it to charging outlets. Now, why that's important is one charging station could have several outlets on it. Okay. So let's say each charging station has two outlets, right? Well, instead of building 500,000 charging stations, you now build 250,000 charging stations, but you have 500,000 charging outlets. And they can say, oh, well, that's what we meant all along. All right. It's misleading. Words matter. Um, I've talked about this in other videos, and at some point I'm going to do a longer form video about words. Okay. But they matter. And when we change our words, when we change the words we use, it changes the meaning of everything and makes it even harder to communicate and makes it even more, uh, more misleading. So bear that in mind. Last statement on the false-ish side. The single biggest investment in history was a bipartisan effort. So he's talking about the, uh, the infrastructure spending bill. Okay, and he calls it the single biggest investment in history. Brookings Institute says that's not true. The New Deal and the infrastructure spending that was done in the 70s and the 80s were a larger percentage of GDP than the infrastructure bill that he got through Congress and signed. Okay, so you may look at it as a dollar amount and go, it's the largest ever, but you have to look at things uh from a dollar comparison perspective, right? Uh, from a GDP comparison perspective. So what's the actual impact uh, on the current version of the economy? And if you look at it from that standpoint, it's actually smaller. So bear that in mind. All right, so let's go to crazy-ish, okay? Now these are things that in fairness, I pulled out from, from the speech. So these did not come from our trusted sources like AP and CBS News and stuff like that. This is, this is Dan here, okay? Uh, 
he was talking about their Ukrainians, but he referred to them as Iranians. Now, this is a standard Biden gaffe, but I point it out because it's one that's going to make its way around the interwebs for weeks now. And especially now when the State of the Union almost looked like the state of Ukraine for all of the Ukrainian flags that were in that chamber for all the Ukrainian flag pins that people were wearing, for all the cheering they were doing when it was mentioned and all that. Um, it was kind of crazy. For a while there, it didn't read like the State of the Union, meaning the United States, right? So for him to make that gaffe was was a big one. And it's, I think, going to come back to haunt him just a little bit. Be, for, if for no other reason, it's going to be all over social media for quite a long time, I think. And it, it's probably going to be some uh, campaign fodder for people, too, I would imagine, especially if things in Ukraine continue to go south. So we'll see. Uh, and then he said, we should all agree the answer is not to defund the police. The answer is to fund the police. Fund them. Fund them. Um, since when? <laughs> so he's going to really piss off the progressives. Um you know, the AOCs and whatnot of the world with that one, because that's a complete 180 uh, from where the administration has been since the George Floyd riots. They've talked about how bad policing is and how it needs to be reformed and needs to be changed and defunded and all this kind of stuff. And all of a sudden he's just he's just totally flipped on this thing. So we're going to see how that's going to play for him. But can you tell it's an election year? Because more and more people in more and more sittings, more and more cities, even from the left, are saying this doesn't work. So now all of a sudden he's turning on a dime and he's going to piss off the progressive end of, uh, of the left for sure on that one. Another thing, let's end cancer as we know it. That'd be cool. Okay. But we have inflation running crazy. We have shortages in our supermarkets because of supply chain issues. Food costs are through the roof. Energy costs are through the roof. And if there's a couple more missteps that happen with regard to what's going on in Eastern Europe right now, we could easily be on the doorstep of World War III. And we're talking about let's end cancer as we know it. Again, I'm not anti-ending cancer. Of course, that would be cool. But we have priorities right now. And a lot of the priorities he very much glossed over in favor of these grandiose ideas, okay, to deflect, I think, from failures that have happened over the last year. This whole speech, quite honestly, read a lot less of, here's the record of what I've done in the last year, and here's some more checks that uh, that will bounce when you try to cash them. That's my read on it. Okay. Another crazy-ish, according to Dan. Our economy created over 6.5 million new jobs just last year, but more jobs created in one year than ever before in the history of the United States of America. Sure. Except there really wasn't creation, was there? There was us trying to put our economy back together, bringing people back to work who were out of work for various reasons because of COVID, okay? It was artificially destroyed. So I'm not of the opinion that you can take credit for 
creating jobs when we're just trying to put things back together. The spin on this is that our economy is the greatest it's ever been. It's roaring. Look at all these new jobs. They're not new jobs. At best, they're replacement jobs for what we lost. Okay. New jobs would imply that, you know, company X had a hundred positions and now they've opened it up. So there's 110. Okay. In reality, what's happened here is company X cut down to 50 because of COVID, but now they're boosting it back up to 80 again. So they're still not where they were, but that's hardly job creation either, is it? At least in my humble opinion. Okay. One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poor. I think I have a better idea. Lower your costs, not your wages. Now, I pointed this out in the false-ish end of things, too. But I'm putting it here as well because, again, I want it highlighted just one more time, okay? If this is the ethos behind this administration, if this is how they think, that the answer is... Just tell businesses to lower their costs. Just figure that out and it'll fix inflation. These people just don't get it. I, I would like to say that they do, but as a business person myself, I've, I have my own businesses now. I worked for decades out in corporate America and I can tell you that you don't just simply go, okay, we're just going to lower our costs today and then we can get our prices back in line. Everything will be great. That is indicative of people who don't understand business, who don't understand economics, of people who have never created anything in their lives. Right now, who's running the government are career politicians, career bureaucrats that have no idea how the real world works. And you can have, I suppose, some career politicians and bureaucrats, but if they're not surrounded by people who really understand how the real world is, this is the kind of stuff we get. So just saying. Okay, hopefully you found this video informative. Hopefully you found it fair. I tried to be. Again, I wanted to pull sources from what you would call trusted places. I wanted to pull good and bad, but I did want to insert my own thoughts as well where I thought it was appropriate. Please do let me know in the comments what you thought of the video and what you thought of Biden's State of the Union last night. Do you think he did a good job? Do you think he did not? How do you feel about how truthful and factual he was? I'd love your feedback on that and love your thoughts so we can have that discussion. Uh, if you have not already done so with the channel, please do consider subscribing to us, hit the notification bell, hit the like button if you enjoyed this video, and please do consider sharing it with others as well. I would very much appreciate it. I'll leave it there. Until the next time I see you, thank you for watching.